I'm delighted that you guys are joining us as we are continuing our teaching on a new beginning. If you're looking for a new beginning in a brand new year, as you push your way through this pandemic, this is the series for you. And uh, let's pray. God, most people are going to be watching this on Super Bowl Sunday. And I'm asking that you will do a Super Bowl-sized miracle, move supernaturally in the lives of those that are watching. God, I pray that you'd stretch us and you would grow us and you would position us for a greater work in and through our lives. Would you do that, God? And while you're working on stretching and growing us, also heal us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Listen, if this is your first time joining us, I want to encourage you to shoot over to our website after you finish listening to this message and catch up on the messages that you have, uh, uh, that you have not had an opportunity to be a part of. And for those of you who've been walking with us, you know that we're right in the middle of the story where the nation of Israel has been uh, literally uh, uh, snatched out of the city of Jerusalem, out of the country of Judah, and, and countless number of them deported and exiled in Babylon under harsh and oppressive conditions. And they're struggling to find hope. And right in the middle of their struggle to find hope, God speaks a prophetic word to them. And if you lean in and listen closely, it sounds very much like the word that I've been saying that God has been speaking to you week after week after week in this new year, right in the middle of this pandemic. It is a God who says that I want to make your life fruitful and impactful and productive right where life has landed you. Now let's listen to how this comes through to the people of Israel in the middle of their suffering and their exile. It really begins at verse 18 where God says, forget the former things, do not dwell in the past. And then it picks up right here, for I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. There ends the reading. The first thing I want to remind you of is that the one that's talking to the nation of Israel in the midst of their oppressive exile has introduced himself in verse 14 as the Redeemer. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. To be a Redeemer is to be a God who is always at work making life better even when you don't see it. And I've told you that if you really want a brand new beginning, then you want to become a part of God's process of redemption, his work in the world to make life better. And just by way of quick review, if we look at the verses that we've just covered, they remind us of the steps that we need to take in order to position ourselves for God to give us a brand new beginning and make us fruitful and impactful. Step one is to forget, to say goodbye to some stuff, to let some stuff go. The text says, forget the former things. Don't dwell in the past. Step two is to focus. I told you that you had to figure out what God is doing. Ask God, what is his purpose for your life in 2021? To get focused and to stay focused. Notice the word in the text. It says, see, behold, pay attention. God says, I'm doing a new thing. See what I'm doing and align your life to it. The third step, which we covered last week, is to embrace the new. You've got to be prepared to embrace the new. Here's the text. I'm about to do something new. I have already begun. Actually, do you not see it or perceive it? And today I want to talk about you've got to have a mindset that says I I, I want to be better. Somebody shout, be better. better. 
Listen to this. I will make a pathway, God says, through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Wilderness reflects the, the, the hardship of trying to push your way through uncharted territory, deep, thick wilderness. Uh, the dry wasteland is another word for desert. It, it makes you think of being parched and, and dehydrated and exasperated and exhausted. And, 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 and somebody's listening to me today. I'm describing your situation. You've moved from one sickness to death, from death to unemployment, from one trauma to the next trauma, and you are emotionally shot. You are emotionally dehydrated, spiritually spent. You don't know how you're going to make it to the mar. Uh, you're trapped in hardship after hardship. And I want you to hear what God says. Notice the text. Notice the text. God says, I will. Come on now. Somebody shout, I will. I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dark wasteland. When you make pathways through wilderness and create rivers in desert places, that's what driveways live, you're making life better. And this is what God is saying to you. Just lean in, hold on. God is saying, I'm working behind the backdrop. You don't see it, but, but I'm at work. I, I've even asked you earlier, do you not perceive it? For I will, shout I will, make life better. I will make life. I'm working to make life more equitable, more just, more compassionate, more loving, more prosperous, more hopeful for you. And I want to do it in you, but also through you. Somebody shout, I will. Type it in the chat. God says, I will. Now, here's an insight I want you to get. Embracing the new involves a commitment that says, I want to be better. Somebody shout, be better. You know, this is Team uh, Spirit Day, and, and we, we should be thinking about teens. We're going to watch, some of y'all are going to watch the Super Bowl. And I just want to suggest to you uh, that, uh, you know, God is in the recruiting business. And today he's saying, look, I'm recruiting for my team. And, 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 and anyone who's committed to goodwill, I, I want to invite you to be on my team. Listen, if you are a Jesus follower, you're already on God's team. Now, you might be sitting on the bench. And so God may be saying to you, it's time for you to get off the bench and move into action. We'll tell you how to do that as we keep moving forward. Uh, or maybe you don't consider yourself a person of faith, but you're doing the work of goodwill, the work of justice, the work of compassion. Come on. You're, you're doing the work of love in your household, in your family. And I just want you to know that anyone who's doing that work, God is already at work in your life. He just wants you to turn around and see him and acknowledge him and go ahead and get into formal relationship with him so you, he can, you can be a part of his team. And when we're on his team, the first commitment that he truly asks us for uh, is that we be committed to being better. Here's a different way that I want you to kind of understand uh, as you think about reading the biblical text in your relationship with God. Notice this. God expects us and the Bible equips us to be lifelong learners. Every time you come across a word from God in the Bible about God forgiving you, Every time you come across a word from the Lord in Scripture about God's unmerited favor, which we call grace, that's God creating space for you to keep learning, for you to keep growing. So whether you're looking at uh, 2 Corinthians, and here Paul says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become, why is this, a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun 
or whether you're looking at 1 John, if we confess our sins, the writer says he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness, or whether you're looking at Isaiah just a little further in the chapter than ahead of where we're reading, where God says, you know what, you've burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your faults, but I'm going to create space for you to keep learning, for you to keep growing, and part of the way I'm going to do that is I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sakes and I will never think of them again or when God says in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 one of my favorite verses come let us reason together though your sins be as crimson come I'll wash them white as snow that's God opening up space he's not just forgiving you just to be generous he's not just forgiving you just so that he can be nice he's not just creating grace in your life just because it's the end thing to do it's 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 the way through which he creates space that allows you to keep learning and keep growing someone said about jesus the greatest gift he gave to his disciples was that he gave them the grace to make mistakes Because when you make a mistake, when you fall in God's grace, it becomes a learning opportunity. God calls you and calls me lifelong learners. So here's the deal. To be better on God's team, number one, it involves expectations. Shout expectation. Go ahead. Type expectation in the chat right now. You say expectation. Who's expectation? Well, first of all, I've told you that God expects you to keep getting better. But secondly, you need to expect you to keep getting better. It needs to be built in. Listen, I expect to keep getting better. This needs to be your mantra. Take a picture of it right now. I expect to keep getting better. Listen, that's true for me. As a pastor, as a husband, as a, as a father, as a Jesus follower, as a basic human being from now to the point that I die, 80, 90 years old. You know, God has created my brain and your brain with a plasticity so that it can keep, you know, as we learn, it changes and shifts. And, and it, it, he's biologically designed us so we can keep getting better. Yes, the older we get, the process gets a little slower, it becomes a little bit more challenging. Yes, the more trauma we have in our lives, the process gets a little bit more challenging. Yet when God adds his supernatural power to the natural stuff he's put in your biology then the truth is for you this truth is for you I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me you can get better somebody shout I can get better so I expect to keep getting better do you you have that expectation check this picture out this picture is of uh, Tom Brady and uh, he's in the Super Bowl today and he's the oldest quarterback to ever play in the Super Bowl. This is his 10th Super Bowl game. He's just made history multiple times. And, uh, and here's what he said about when he was drafted. He says, I was a kid that was 199th pick. Never had the body for it. People didn't think that I would play one year in the NFL. Now... I'm going on my 17th year, and actually, that was at the time of the quote. Now, he's going on his 21st year in his 10th Super Bowl. Here's a picture of him now. This is a a reminder of of what we'll see a little later. Maybe you've already seen him. 
back in the pocket doing what only Tom Brady does. Here's, here's some list of his accomplishments. Just a few sample of the accomplishments, the one that folk thought would, would only make it maybe a year. Well, here's what he's accomplished. Look at this. Uh, uh, appeared in nine Super Bowls. Today it'd be 10. Six Super Bowl victories, 13 AFC championship games, 17 division titles, the oldest person ever to play in the history of the game. How did he get from being the squirny little kid that uh, everybody almost overlooked to being this incredible superstar, this expression of greatness? Because he has an internal commitment that says, I'm keeping getting better. I'm keeping getting better. When most people have checked out, they say they're too old to play the game. He says, no, 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 no. I keep getting better. Here's a word to those of you in your 60s and your 70s and your 80s. You think, Life, I, I'm, all, I'm all finished and there's no more use. No, 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 no. Keep getting better and bring your experience and your, and, and, and your talent and your gift and all that makes you you to keep enriching life. That's what God expects for those of us who's on his team. Now, listen, most of us will never rise to this level or will never know this level of public greatness. And yet, God can give you the power to unlock the personal greatness that is within you. That's right. There's personal greatness within you. That middle school or that high school or that's pain. There's personal greatness that's within you. You may be living in the poor side of town or maybe just getting out of prison. There's personal greatness that's within you. Yes, you grew up in a wealthy family and you're questioning your own value because you said everything has been given to me. I, I don't know that there's any greatness in me. Yes, the God of the universe has created you, has, has breathed his life inside of you. There is greatness in you trauma can't squeeze it out trials can't squeeze it out accidents can't knock it out what you have to do is unlock the greatness that's in you it requires a commitment to be better you say well, what does that greatness look like well listen jesus says anyone who would be great let him first be a servant or let her be a, a servant for the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and give his life as a ransom to many. So the key here found in the word service. Look how Dr. King uh, kind of translates or interprets what Jesus says. He says, everybody, come on, type everybody, shout. Everybody can be great because anybody can serve. Anybody can serve. I want you to notice this puzzle piece here. And uh, I like this puzzle piece because we've drawn around the outlines to show how it fits here. And I want you to think about this puzzle piece as you. And I want you to think about this uh, piece that we're going to fit it in as, as God's redemptive work in the world. That God's working in the world to make the world better. Uh, this, this highlighted area, you know what I call this? Your service edge. And that as you lean into your service edge, that's what positions you to be slotted into God's redemptive work in the world. And one of the difference between your understanding either your private role in a household or your public role on some job, one of the differences between whether that role or that job drains you of life or gives you life has everything to do with whether you're leaning into the serving edge. You know, from time to time as I pass through, almost every time, as I, as I pass through the grocery store to purchase groceries and have the cashier sign me out, I take just a few moments and I say, I want to thank you for risking your life and being here on the front line for us. 
and you can see his or her eyes just light up because suddenly they've made the connection that they're not just running a cash register, that they are one of the heroes that's making a difference serving others in this pandemic. When I talked to someone who, from the call center, I called him trying to get some help with the Bluetooth on my uh, iPhone, or I'm calling to try to figure out something that's weird and funky that shows up on my cable bill, and, and they spend 20, 30 minutes trying to uh, help me to unpack it when it's all over. I take just a few moments, and, I, and I, I let them know how their skill and their time and their patience has truly made my day, and perhaps this is the brightest spot in a day in the midst of a pandemic, and I want to thank them, and I can hear the brightness shining through their voices uh, in the midst of that conversation, because suddenly they've made the connection that they, they are actually leaning into their serving is that their life has meaning because it's serving others and then every now and then well usually I end the call by saying and God bless you check this out and most of the time when I say God bless you there's a stumbling and a stuttering and they don't really know how to respond to that and they kind of, kind of stumble they out I'm about to say God bless you but every now and then I say, God bless you, and somebody smiles back through the phone and say, and God bless you too. Oh, that is the greatest, that is the greatest posturing uh, 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 for life and your place in life, right? On the one hand, you want a life that serves others, whether you are, 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 are flipping burgers in Burger King or whether you are, are an executive assistant or, or whether you're painting buildings as a subcontractor. You want a life that you want to understand how your life serves others. Come on now, whether even if you are a high school student, come on now, uh, 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 not just doing your homework, but you're showing up and, 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 and doing some extra chores because you know your, your parent or your parents are stressed out. So you're going to wash some dishes and make up some beds and wash some clothes because, because you're, you're serving others. Come on now. That, 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 yes, that gives a sense of value, but come on now. The problem with just serving others is that every now and then, or a lot of the time, you will run into what I want to call thankless people. And when you run into thankless people, sometimes that indeed motivates your, your attitude and your motivation for serving. But if you're serving others, but also, come on now, if you're serving your Redeemer, if you're serving the one who's faithful to you, then even when you run into thankless people, come on now, because of his faithfulness and you're serving him, you keep on making a difference in the world because you're part of his redeeming plan. You know why? Because you're on his team. He's using you to make rivers through dry wasteland and pathways through the wilderness. Somebody would say, praise God. So here's, here, 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 let me end this, this section with this. The keys to unlocking our internal greatness, the keys to unlocking your internal greatness it's just two simple keys. Have a commitment that says, I'm going to keep getting better. I'm going to keep learning. I'm going to keep growing. And have a commitment that says, and yes, I'm going to keep getting better. I'm going to keep learning. I'm going to keep growing. When it comes to serving others and serving the one who redeems God. All right. The second commitment that we need to have, and it's the last one I want to talk about today, in terms of being better on God's team, involves empathy. The ability to feel with others. Do you know that empathy is at the very heart of the gospel story? 
Listen, in Isaiah 53, we find a thousand years in advance as, as Christians reading the text, a prophetic word about the role that Jesus, the Messiah, the, 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 the Christ will play as he gives his life on Calvary's cross when he's executed, but he, he willingly offers his life as a sacrifice and an atoning work for our sins. Listen to how empathy is at the heart of the gospel that we proclaim and of the Jesus that you pursue. Here's what the writer says. Surely he, the suffering servant, as Isaiah calls him, Jesus, as we know him, took up our pain. Somebody say empathy and bore our suffering. Can you say empathy? Watch what the text keeps saying. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. That's empathy, guys. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. That's empathy, guys. And we thought his trouble was a punishment because from God, a punishment for his own sins. But you know what? He was pierced for our rebellion and crest for our sins. Uh, as, the, as the King James Version puts it, he was wounded for our transgression and bruised for our iniquity. And the punishment, chastisement that was laid upon him was really for us and by his stripes. At the heart of the gospel is this notion of a God who leans into empathy. Do you want to be a better human being? Do you want to be a better spouse? Do you want to be a better uh, uh, a teenager? Do you, want to be, do you want to be a better grandparent? Do you want to be uh, a better person on your job? Lean into empathy. Seek to understand even before you seek to be understood. One of the ways that God can really use us as we lean into empathy is what I call in, is in this in dialogue across our differences. If there ever was a time that God needs people on his team who knows how to lean into empathy and dialogue across differences, especially here in America, it's now. Do you know what? If you are a Jesus follower, here's what he told me to tell you. You're it. You're up. Come on, you're on the team, you're up. You look for the next opportunity to be a blessing in someone's life as you lean into empathy. Uh, I want to suggest this notion around dialogue across differences. I want to give you a model. As I talk about this model, let me just tell you a quick story. We're so blessed to have everybody in this church, Republicans and Democrats, white, black, Asian, everybody is here. All makes up our membership, right and left, all that stuff. And so... In the last couple of weeks, I had a conversation with an African-American who's a dearly beloved a part of this community who I love. And a conversation with an Asian-American who's dearly beloved part of the community I love. The African-American was talking to me about a challenge that he was having with someone uh, who he's been in a relationship for a long time. He's black and the other person is white. And he said to me, he told me the story, and he says, I don't understand how come he doesn't get it. I don't understand how come he doesn't get how that affects me as an African-American. Uh, doesn't he get it? And I, I responded, I said, no, he doesn't get it. Of course he doesn't get it. He's never been black a day in his life. So why should you assume that he gets it? So you've got to take the time. This is part of the work of empathy to understand where he is and take the time to help him to understand your experience. On the flip side of it, I had a conversation with an Asian-American uh, who said, you know what, when I see you, I don't just see, I don't see color at all, he says. I, I, I just see somebody I love. Man, I know this guy, he meant it, he meant it 
from his heart. And yet I want to use this to, to, to teach. Here, here, here's, here's the dialogue. Because so often we can say things that are so, that are meaningful for us. And here's a statement that I've heard of multiple times over the years. I don't see color, I just see you. That, uh, that it comes across offensive, but we don't know it. Because we don't know the other person's experience. And so often you're the person that's offended. And you know, you go home and you tell your spouse, or you go tell your good friend about, I can't believe that this person dog, you know, said such and such to me. And you're all upset and all that kind of stuff. And you haven't said anything to them. I, I want to share with you a way to, to really kind of dialogue across differences. I want you to keep that in mind. So here's a model I want to say, because from time to time, sometimes people say things, like in both instances, that can accidentally be offensive because there's a lack of understanding uh, that, that, that you can help them with. And so here's how you should do it. If, if someone has said something that's kind of teed you off the wrong way, you're able to say this. Here's how I'm hearing that statement that you've just said, here's how I'm hearing it as an African-American. Or here's how I'm hearing it as a, as, a, as a wealthy white man. Or here's how I'm hearing it as a person who grew up poor. Or here's how I'm hearing it as a, as a, as a second-generation immigrant in this country. And, and then state how you're hearing what they're saying. And then say, am I hearing that correctly? And, 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 and oftentimes the answer is going to be no, but some of the times the answer will be that's exactly right. And then the next phrase should be, take a picture there, please help me to understand that perspective. Help me to understand the perspective. Now go back, let me plug this blank in. So for my friend who said, you know, I don't see color. I, I, I just see, I'm going to see you. I, I want to say to him, Here's how I'm hearing what you're saying as a black man in America. What I'm hearing you say is that you actually don't really see me. Because, because for generations, <laughs> African Americans have been fighting to be made visible. <laughs> Their color to matter, to be valued. Is that what you're saying? Am I hearing you correctly? And I know this guy, he would say, oh, absolutely not. I'm not saying that at all. And, and, and because he wants to carry my sorrows, he wants to know something about my burdens, come on now, he'll lean into the story and he would learn more and we'd make progress together. Well, listen, <clears throat> you know, when I was a kid, um, I, uh, I used to be a, not that good of an athlete. And in PE, uh, I didn't have all kinds of struggles. But I stumbled into softball. And when we started playing softball in PE, I didn't have enough money to buy a glove. So I'd get one of those tops off those old Crisco cans, and I'd bend the top. And I was using that for a little while. And somebody pulled a big old glove that had been thrown away out of a trash can and said, Herman, here it is. Here, why don't you use this? It was so big and so raggedy, we called it the cannonball catcher. And yet, good God Almighty, uh, I would use that glove and I'd play center, uh, center field. And I wasn't really good. I'd strike out a lot when I was batting. But when I, I learned how to play my position in center field, I learned how to play that position. I could catch high ball. I, could catch, I got good playing my position and as I as I played my position came to the end of the semester when they started handing out awards come on now 
I didn't expect to get an award because after all, I was the cannonball catcher. I was shocked when Mr. Joseph called my name. And, he, and, and as, as I went to him and said, wow, you have an award for me? He says, yeah, but I was, I was watching you. And this is the point that I just want to say to you as I wrap this message up. Listen, all of us have a role in life and a responsibility in life. Just become good at playing your position. You may have a cannonball catcher, come on. You may not have the best of money. You may not have the best of talent, but you just play the role, the position that God has called you, and you lean in on serving others, and you lean in on the work of empathy. Play your position. You know what? The nation is celebrating African-American history. Modern. I just want to just, just end it by just remembering. I, I, I'm thinking about who? George Washington Carver, who had to walk nine miles just to get to the black school because the white school wouldn't let him come. An 18-mile journey every day. Yet he played his position and changed agriculture in America. 300 products coming out of the peanut. Come on. I'm thinking about Harriet Tubman, who couldn't read, who, who the guy threw a rock and, she, and hit her in the head. She had fainting spells along the way, and yet she played her position and led 3,000 slaves out of slavery and led the Union Army to victory and, and stood on the front line fighting for women's suffrage. She played her position. I'm thinking about Dr. Uh, 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 Charles Drew, who who, 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 who died on the steps of a, of a black hospital because the white hospital would not take him in and give him a blood transfusion. But thank God he had played his, his position well because he created blood plasma that, that would ultimately save uh, millions of lives on the battlefield and beyond. Even though he couldn't get the same transfusion, he played his position well. So at the end of the day, I just want to challenge you Play your position and with a commitment to say, I'm going to keep getting better. Listen, I, here's the text, Isaiah 49. Here's, this really captures for me. He said to me, you are my servant, Israel. I wish you just put your name in. When I read this, I just sometimes put my name in here. He says to me, you're my servant, Herman. That's what you want to be. I'm, I'm his servant. He says, and you will bring me glory. That's what God is saying to you. I'm designating your place on the team to bring me glory. Play your position and play it well. And, and, but, but sometimes we get weary. Sometimes we feel like that, 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 that our work is for nothing. And, and I can hear myself saying sometimes, I suspect you can hear yourself saying sometimes, I replied, but my work seems so useless. I have spent my strength for nothing and for no purpose. All of the preaching and all of the teaching that I'm doing, and I still see relationships frayed and people still turning on one another and Christians still embarrassing God about how they treat. Sometimes it feels like for nothing. Yet I leave it all in the Lord's hand because I will trust God. For my reward. At the end of the day, I'm going to lean in on serving, lean in on empathy. I'm going to play my position well and trust God. And I look forward to the day when he declares, Herman, I was taking notes. Come on up, servant, well done. Thy good and faithful servant. Come on up, I got some more assignments in eternity. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God Help us to make the commitment to be on your team and to be better. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, the question is, how will you respond to this message? 
Now, listen, if you go to our app, uh, you can simply tap on the Sunday screen and you'll see the connection card section uh, there. Tap on that and go to next steps. And on the next steps, you're going to have a number of different choices. I want to highlight right now the opportunity to say I want to commit to follow Jesus or return to following Jesus. In other words, I want to be on his team. Uh, and or I want more information. Now, if you say, I want to serve, I want to get active serving right now, there's a box there that you can check uh, in that section. So please go ahead and check that box. Now, I hope all of you can make a commitment to the message response. Here it is. I will play my position and keep getting better. Can you just check that or simply raise your hand and say, count me in, I'm going to do that. And then also take your uh, phone out and take a picture of this uh, reflection question. What does living with empathy and the ex- expectation to be better look like in your life? I want you to process that with family and friends. Okay, listen, don't forget to come back uh, next week for the second to the uh, last uh, message in our series. It's going to be called Be Resilient. And by all means, be sure to sign up for our life group. You heard about that earlier. Sign up for our life group and sign up to participate in our Reveal Virtual Bible Study. It's going to be off the chain.